0: Shout out to my man, Travis, for the topic. Uh, You guys don't know, it's the 10 on it segment. You guys got video topic suggestions. $10 to the Cash App Light Skin Hero. Link is in the description. Uh, So he wants to know my thoughts on Afghanistan. So you go all up and down these YouTube streets, especially these black YouTube streets, you hear a lot. You hear quite a few people giving their opinion on Afghanistan but i'm probably one of the few that's actually been to that country spent the year of my life over there i was over there from 2010 to 2011. um i was out of this base called kandahar in southern afghanistan that was my home base where my unit was at and then they sent me to a little fob stands for foreign operating base it was called fob wilson they changed the name to fob Pasab. I was out there for about six months, and then they sent me up north to another FOB called FOB TK, or FOB Terrancout, which I believe wasn't too far from the Pakistan border, or I honestly couldn't tell you exactly where the location was, because when I went there, I was flying on helicopters the entire time. So, but uh, as far as the this, this situation in Afghanistan goes, personally... I think Joe Biden needs to get up out of here. Um, That dude is a horrible commander in chief. Absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible. You go back and check what he was talking about in May, I wanna say April or May, he was talking about that it was gonna be a a very controlled withdrawal, withdrawal from um, Afghanistan. We was gonna have everything in check, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward to today uh, pretty much, the Taliban have essentially taken over the entire country in a matter of like two weeks, and then on top of that, uh, from what I hear, they have tons and tons of our uh, weapons and and uh, military stuff. Like I saw a report that said they had upwards of like maybe forty Black Hawk, Black Hawk helicopters in their possession. I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do with them because I'm like, wow, they can fly those things? And what up, Royce? Then I heard they got millions of rounds of ammunition. Um, Matter of fact, Royce was the one that posted this. All the stuff they got, they got MRAPs and Humvees. Basically, the Taliban has enough equipment over there to to start up a legit army (laughs) to where they're not just a bunch of ragtag soldiers for the most part. And you know, they're, they're out there with um, American equipment from my understanding. Cause um, when I was over there 10 years ago, I was on, like I said, I was on this base called Fob Wilson. And I used to live in this tent called an Alaskan tent. It's, it's like this circular tent, right? But the Afghan army lived directly across the street from me. So I used to see these dudes. I used to see the Afghan army every single day. And every single day I saw them, I was hoping and praying that this wasn't the day I was going to get sent to the upper room. Not because I was necessarily worried about them flipping, but they were some of the most careless people I've ever seen in my life. So I'll give you i give you an example of what I'm talking about. So I remember one night, it's probably like one, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. We hear these explosions going off which just sounds like a bunch of. Um, a bunch of shots being popped off. Basically, across the street from me was like a little concrete wall. And then on the other side of the concrete wall was another tent that stored a lot of their ammunition up in there. And then in front of that tent was like this, this uh this pole that had this uh this this siren on there where they would get up at like five in the morning and you know, next you know they're blasting their you know, their little Muslim prayers at five o'clock in the morning to the point where I never even had to set an alarm clock because five o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, somebody was on that dog on bullhorn singing their prayers to Allah. So anyways, one, two o'clock in the morning, I'm in there dozing off. Well, I'm asleep at this point. And next thing I know, I hear these shots ringing out. I'm thinking, oh crap, we're under attack. Turns out one of these Afghan soldiers, from what I heard, was outside smoking and flicked his cigarette in the direction of that tent. And that cigarette somehow set off bullets flying everywhere. I'm talking about just, just cooking off all kind of rounds. It was probably tens of thousands of rounds up in there. And it got so bad, I had to go out. I had to put on my my Kevlar, which is you know basically my bulletproof helmet. And then I had a 30-pound, my vest, my sappy plates, my bulletproof vest was like 30 pounds. I had to put all that crap on. And I had to run to the bunker, which was, you know, right outside of my tent, which is basically concrete walls, concrete ceiling, whatever. I had to go in there. I took my pillow with me and I had to go in there and go to sleep. <laughs> I, had to go, I had to go sleep in a bunker because there was a real fear of, you know, potentially me being, uh, you know, possibly shot accidentally <laughs> by, by a round that's being discharged. And so I had to deal with that. And then there were other times I would see the Afghan army. They would uh, ride around in these, um, these little Ford pickup trucks, like Ford Rangers or something like that. And on the back of the pickup truck, they had a, they had a, what looked like a saw, a squad automatic weapon that was mounted to the back of it. Um, squad automatic weapon. It's, uh, it's like this little long gun that come with these little tripod legs. And anyways, I shot these things like a hundred times back in the day, but, uh, anyways, they would roll around and, um. <laughs> now, keep in mind, we're on the fob in Afghanistan. There are no paved roads. It's all dirt and rocks, right? So, you know, you're rolling around and the vehicle is just bumping and jumping all over the place like you got hydraulics, right? So, anyways, they're rolling around on the back of their little pickup trucks with their, their, uh, their saws, right? Squad automatic weapons. Locked and loaded, finger on the trigger the entire time. Now, what do you guys think is going to happen? You're rolling around in the back of a damn pickup truck with your weapon locked and loaded finger on a trigger and you hitting a whole bunch of bumps well they would be busting shots like this is how careless these people were they would just be busting shots and you know you'd have to go run for cover be like oh god then you realize oh it's just the afghans hopefully nobody got shot so you know that was another that was another instance i had with these clowns um what else man oh yeah when it was time for them to go out on patrol right uh if there was something major that happened that day, and when I say major, I'm talking about there was a big bomb or an explosion where you can hear and the echoes, it just echoes off the mountains. Uh, the Afghan army would miraculously never leave the base that day. There would be nowhere to be found. <laughs> as if, as if they knew something was going on that day, they was like, ah, we're gonna skip this patrol and you know, we're gonna we're gonna go hang out and pray to Allah or something like that. So that's what they was doing. Um, so anyways, I used to, like I said, I used to live around these nutcases for three years. I mean, not three years. Uh, I used to live around these nutcases for a whole year and, um, that told me, I I realized 10 years ago that the moment the U S leaves Taliban's going to take over because these are some of the sorriest soldiers I ever saw in my life. The sorriest. I mean, granted they're poor in comparison to us. Because, you know, Afghanistan is one of those countries where either you got money or you don't. You know, there is no, there really is no middle class over there. There are, there really aren't any social programs over there. You know, like here in America, you could be poor and um, you could still go to a shelter or you can go to a food pantry and get you some food. Over there, you're pretty much starving. <laughs> and I mean that in the literal sense, because there was one time I was walking on the fob. And um, I was—I was a was, uh, matter of fact. It was when I first got to Fob Wilson, I didn't know really know my way around the base. It really wasn't—it wasn't tiny, tiny, but it wasn't like super huge like Kandahar. Because Kandahar is basically—it's just an airport. That's all it is at the end of the day. Like half the airport is military or the, the UN, and then um, the other half is like civilian. Well, what well, it was civilian uh, side of the airport. So, anyways. We weren't no airport we just had like a helicopter landing out there where chinook helicopters would come through and apaches would land and you know these things are so freaking loud but you know after a while you get used to hearing the sound of a helicopter to the point where you can sleep through that noise you know it's kind of it's kind of weird if you've never experienced it but uh anyway so um so anyways i'm on a five brand kind of brand new i just i think i had just touched down probably like a day or two before I'm just walking around, just, just quote unquote sightseeing because I ain't had nothing else to do. And so I walked through this one gate and I didn't realize the gate that I walked through was like uh, an entry or exit point to get to an area where civilians, i.e. the Afghans could interact, uh, come up to the military base and you know do whatever. So I, so, so I walked through there Next, thing, I know these little dirty Afghan kids run up on me. Now, when I say dirty, I'm talking about they look like they ain't took a bath in probably a whole month. Like you, you, dirt is just clear as day on their face. And they coming up to me asking me for all kind of do you got money? Do you got food? I mean, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but, you know, they were they were, you know, doing their best interpretation of sign language to get me to understand. So I think at the time I had just left the cafeteria and I had some little snacks in my pocket so I just gave this kid. I think I had like a little pack of cookies or something. So I gave the kid his cookies, right? And I'm thinking the kid finna smash these cookies. So this this is the what the kid does from what I well what I was told. What they do, they take the little snacks that the GI the soldiers give them, and then they go back to their town or whatever, and then they go sell them on the market to make money for the family or something like that. Or at least that's what I was told. But um, but anyway, that's just an example of. You know just how just how crazy it is over there um what else man um you know i seen so much crap over there uh i remember i saw i saw um what would i see oh yeah i was i was outside the fob again in that little area <laughs> and you know that little area is kind of dangerous because i was because what it was i went through that area i just had my m4 on me i didn't have my freaking sappy plates on me but i was told next time i go through there to make sure i got my, my kevlar my sappy plate because that aerial you know they were known they were, the taliban was known for taking pop shots in that area so luckily i didn't get shot you know what i'm saying but you know it could have been a real possibility uh, but anyways i was out there again i remember i seen this truck drive by it had like all these this greenery in the back of the truck and i was like what is that It was like this big this truck just filled with marijuana all over the place man i was like oh wow they they getting it popping out here like this so y'all know afghanistan is known for producing a bunch of poppy flowers that they use to make heroin but they also got a whole bunch of weed over there too i'm talking about they be growing that stuff by the acres out there just just all over the place um but what else man so there were, you know i seen a whole bunch of stuff right but so I guess to tie this back into all the chaos and confusion about what's going on in Afghanistan, basically um, it was a no-brainer that the Taliban was just going to come through and wreck shop. And now you got ISIS, another sect. Uh, what they call themselves ISIS K. I don't remember what the K stands for, but basically it's like another section or sector of ISIS that's that's coming through because you know Afghanistan was like. It was like you know the reason why we went over there because that you know that's that's pretty much where they were training all the terrorists. Like they would come over there, do some training because it's a whole bunch of mountains, a whole bunch of caves. You can just hide out and get it busy. You can get get it popping over there in Afghanistan if you about that that terrorist lifestyle. So, now you got ISIS over there. So it, it really was no shock. Um, everybody's like kind of acting surprised, but I'm like, you know what? What you expect? You know it doesn't matter if the if we withdrew. Over, over the course of two years at a real slow pace to where we got all of our equipment out, all of our sensitive stuff, all of our troops out safely, yada yada yada. The moment we leave, the Taliban was gonna come through and wreck shop because they a bunch of savages. They the Taliban are a bunch of savages. They look highly unorganized, they look highly uneducated because they run around hanging out in caves all day. Or, you know, they got their little, you know, their little towels on their head and, and their little dusty feet and sandals walking around with AK-47s, but don't let none of that crap fool you. They gets busy out there. And I think I said this on a previous video. I was like, if you took the Taliban and you brought them to America and dropped them off in the hood, they laid a whole block out. Like Pookie and Ray Ray ain't got nothing on Habib and them over there. Cause they, they really bout that life for real to the point where they'll strap bombs on themselves and just take the whole block out. <laughs> like they're not, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's a whole other world over there, man um so it is what it is um we've been over there for 20 something years and the thing is you can't go over there and there's not enough bombs and bullets to change a mentality you understand these people deeply believe in the crap that they believe in well i'm not going to say the crap the religion that they believe in you know especially the uh the extremists over there like i.e the taliban and well they say the tali well the taliban they this is what they say They say they're trying to become a legit government now, as opposed to just being some some terrorist boogeyman. So I don't I don't know exactly how that's going to go. But you got ISIS over there. You got al-Qaeda still running around to a certain extent. These people are full blown nutcases when it comes to this uh, religious stuff. Like they literally believe they're going to take over the world and the whole world's going to be under Sharia law. Like that's, that's their, that's their whole mission in life. And they, they train these people up from, from babies to believe it's crap, man. So you want to talk about some getting on code stuff. Muslims are the most on code people, probably extreme Muslims that believe in Sharia law. And that believe that it's cool to go out there and blow people up because they're going to die and get 72 virgins or whatever the heck they believe. These are some of the most on, on code people on the planet. I remember a couple of years ago, word got out that somebody on an, on an American base in Afghanistan was burning Qurans. And somehow word got out to the Taliban or some Muslims out in the area. Oh, they was about to set it off up there. They was about to set it off where the the base had to go on high alert. I can just imagine when high alert goes on, they over there launching RPGs over the wall. Cause a matter of fact, the first day I touched down in Afghanistan, you know, we flew over there on a on a um what is that? What is that damn plane? A C? Was a C forty seven? The the one that the Afghan dudes was hanging off the. No, I flew over there on a C one thirty when I first went to country. It's like a three hour flight from Qatar, so I'm knocked out sleep on the plane, and then right I want to say about twenty minutes before we land, they tell us to strap up. You know, put all <laughs> put all our protective gear on because. There, there was a threat that as soon as they opened them doors, somebody might be popping bullets or RPGs might be flying. Luckily, none of that crap happened. But when we got off the bird, we walked into the terminal, you know, to, to meet to meet, you know, the people that was supposed to be, you know, in processing me, I guess you could say. Man, that terminal had bullet holes all over the damn place, B. So I get settled in, they give me my little, take me to my company, get my little, throw me in another tent. They love some tents out there. Whoa, so they throw me in this tent. So I go to my company area. I'm outside. I see some dudes, some soldiers start playing dominoes, right? Let's see, I know you just hear this boom, boom. It's these loud explosions. So I'm a i I'm, No, I'm an E5. What was that? I was an E5. You know, I was an E6 at the time. Man, I was the only one to just drop down and hit the ground. <laughs> The little privates out there were looking at me like hey sarge what's wrong with you i'm like y'all don't hear these explosions but what it was they had been there so long because i think I, my my day one was probably they had been there probably about like eight months so they, had, they, had, they only got accustomed to this crap and so basically you can you, you can judge how far away the explosions are and so fast forward to me being there for a year there were times when i would hear the bombs go off and i would just you know wake up make sure i got all my legs I mean, all oh, my legs, both my legs, both my arms. I'm still breathing air, and I just roll back over and go to sleep. It's like you just kind kind of got used to it. Now, there was, there was this one night I was at Fob Tarenkow, and the little the little terrorists the terrorists clan out there, they launched an RPG over the wall, and that thing exploded <sighs> from my tent where I was sleeping. It probably exploded about a good 200 feet away from me. So you know, this was like some an extra loud boom. It it was for real, for real, knocking pictures off the wall. So I was like dead sleep. I was in my. I remember I was in my boxer shorts. I was. I think I just had boxers on. I ain't, I ain't even have. I ain't even have a shirt on or nothing. I just. I just remember just automatically jumping up, grabbing my my M4 because I slept with my weapon in my bed with me, <laughs> and um, grab that. No shoes ran full speed like carl lewis to the first bunker over all these jagged rocks because i was like oh lord this is it right here i didn't feel none of the rocks so we had we hit we sat in the bunker for about 30 minutes till we got the all clear i had to walk all the way back to that damn tent i felt every rock on my foot man that was like the longest paint most painful walk ever had in my life but at the time when that bomb went off the adrenaline was rushing oh man i ain't feel nothing i thought i think i floated over there like that's how fast i was running right but anyway so i say all this to say that you know 10 years ago the signs were there and i'm pretty sure the signs were there 20 years ago but at least when i was over there 10 years ago the signs were there that soon as we leave isis taliban they're gonna come through and wreck shop take over this country so when they came through took it over within about two weeks or so wasn't no shocker to me, and everything that's going on right now isn't a shock to me at all. Cause people of Afghanistan, look, you feel sorry for them if you want. I get it. Like I say, it's one of those countries where you got it or you don't. But they're not really in a power. They're not really in a position to do anything. And then their own military, you can't trust them because they just they just can't get right. You've been over there for twenty years. Like I seen a video not too long ago they can't even do a damn jumping jack you know what i'm saying it's like and i'm talking about this this video probably had had been filmed probably about five years ago because you know i can look at the, the the uniforms of the people and tell exactly okay this is within this time frame because over the last 20 years or so we went from uh you had people wearing bdus and dcus to acus to the to the one to the uniform that came after the acus i can't remember what it's called but they started passing that out soon as, or, or as soon as i got out the military so i can look at the uniform and kind of tell the time frame when this happened so anyway this was like five six years ago now it was five six years ago i mean they've been over there for at least 14 years you got so afghan soldiers over there i just came from the barber shop so i got a piece of hair in my mouth but um you just came from the barbershop i mean the barbershop you, 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 we, we just been over there for like 20 years and and these people can't do a jumping jack you know what i'm saying they can't do jumping jacks they can't do basic stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost like they got too comfortable with Americans and, and the United Nations presence or whatever the case may be. All these other countries because I was out there with some Australians, um, Canadians. i seen them all the time. The Brits, I saw them all the time. I think I even saw well, the, Korean, yeah, the Koreans, were out, the South Koreans. I think they had like little small units out there too. But um, the Afghans just couldn't get right. They couldn't get right. So you got all these Afghanistan people who are desperate to get out of the country because their own military can't protect them. Like, as soon as we uh, gave up, as soon as we decided we was leaving, you had whole swaths of Afghan uh, soldiers just, just literally just, just giving up and and handing their the weapons over to the to, uh, to the Taliban. As in literally, like you know, I'm talking about within the last couple of weeks or so. So. It was inevitable. I mean, this 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 was a uh, highly predictable. <laughs> Nobody should be shocked at this. You know what I'm saying? Um, unfortunately, we lost what like 13 soldiers about two days ago to that to that suicide bomber or something like that. But uh, you know, rest in peace to them dude, to, to them soldiers, but uh, or the them, uh, service men because I don't know if it was just Marines or Army. Probably just mostly Army. But this was gonna happen but you look at Biden. this dude is a horrible horrible commander-in-chief man because what what i don't, what i don't understand is how, how can you just leave billions of dollars worth of equipment over there in that country like that knowing damn well the taliban's gonna come through scoop it up then you probably got china they probably plotting to come into the country because um off in the mountains of afghanistan in case you guys don't know this there's they say it's estimated to be like one trillion dollars worth of resources in the afghanistan mountains alone like one trillion dollars I don't know why we were over there for 20 years and we weren't extracting some of those minerals and resources, but y'all know when China come to town, China will come through, help you out. So as long as they can get something in return, like they are all up in Africa right now, building roads and bridges, trying to modernize, you know, parts of, you know, various countries in Africa in exchange for all the natural resources that Africa has to offer. And they're doing the same thing in some of them countries in the Caribbean as well. And then I think Russia, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to creep back down in there, even though Russia got ran up out of Afghanistan back in the 70s, I believe. But, you know, they'll they'll probably try to make their way back down there again as well. And, uh, you know, try to set up shops somehow, some way. So, you know, Joe Biden's horrible. That dude got to go. That dude got to go. Like, if there was anything, I know everybody's like, oh, we need to impeach Joe Biden. You hear a lot of conservatives saying that, but if anything... I would think that this would be, a, a, hopefully, a somewhat impeachable offense. And I say that because I look at the weapons, right? All the, all the billions of dollars of weapons that they left over there. So when I was over there, if you mess around and, and, and lost your weapon, like let's just say you went to the bathroom and you left your weapon in there, somebody grabbed it or whatever, man, they would kick you out the military for that, or threaten to kick you out the military and or try to lock you up in uh, Leavenworth. Or, you know, or at least uh the, well they had a jail in Kuwait, but you know, you basically you be on your way to Leavenworth. Um, matter of fact, and I can prove this because I had a soldier. Well, he wasn't my direct soldier, but he was like an E3 or E4. He was in my unit, the one that was at Kandahar. I don't know what this young dude was thinking. He was probably like twenty years old at the time, nineteen twenty, the first time in the military. Uh, had just joined the military. This was his first unit. They sent him to Afghanistan, right? So he decides. He's going to steal uh, a router or a switch, a piece of networking, uh, networking equipment, right, for, for IT. But he decides, he, he, the one that he allegedly stole was a zipper switch. Uh, basically, that's a, all you non-military people. So you got secure internet and insecure internet. And you can identify them by the type of Cat5 cables that are plugged into them. They'll either be red or green. So if you see the red ones, you don't want to touch them. That's where all the secret information flows. So this dude, he decides to take one of these switches or routers. I I can't remember what it was. He gets caught. They threaten him with Article 15s. They're going to drop the hammer on this dude. This young kid goes back to his room, sticks his M16 in his mouth, and blows his brains out. Because he's so paranoid about them kicking him out the military and, or putting him in jail. Like, he just goes back to the room after he gets read his rights from the first sergeant and commander. And I'm surprised they didn't take his weapon away from him. But he went back to his room with his M16, slapped the magazine in it, stuck it in his mouth, and blew his brains out. And he was only, he had to have been like 18, 19, maybe no older than 20 years old. All right? So, what I'm saying is, you got soldiers over there that were committing suicide. For fear of going to jail for either losing a weapon or stealing a piece of equipment. But you got a whole goddamn president of the United States who has a whole goddamn military in a country where they have left billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of equipment over there for terrorist groups to get a hold of, other foreign armies to get a hold of, the Taliban to get a hold of. And so I'm like, you would put me in jail if I messed around and lost a magazine, a 30 round clip magazine. I I could risk getting thrown in jail or kicked out the military, but nothing's going to happen to the president of the United States who essentially gave the thumbs up for all these generals to just essentially abandon all this equipment that that can now go into the hands of America's enemies and the Taliban and ISIS and all that crap. So, you you know, you wanna talk about impeachable offenses. Like, I don't know what the rules and regulations and laws are with all that crap, but it would seem like that would be something. You gotta get this dude up out of here. Cause he he's a horrible commander in chief. You just you you left like 40 black hawk black hawk helicopters over there. And I've flown to them things before. You ever see the movie Black Hawk Down? That's the helicopters they're talking about. I've flown to them things before. Um like I yeah. I don't know, man. So he, he gotta go. He gotta go. But uh, so anyway, so basically the Taliban, they got they said the deadline's like they got what till the 31st? That's in a couple days, I believe, or something like that. And um, if everybody's not out of the country, it's gonna be hell to pay. And I hear there's still a bunch of Americans over there who can't get to the airport because you know the Taliban they've blocked off all roads to the Kabul airport. So I don't know what's gonna happen to all them Americans over there. Like, cause the Taliban, they, they seem dead ass about that uh, August 31st deadline. What I think is gonna happen, they are gonna turn into some straight savages and start laying people out. That's what I think is gonna happen. Cause I mean, they're already savages, even though they they claim they're trying to go legit and be a, be a legit government, but they under some Sharia, but they wanna implement Sharia law. You guys don't know what Sharia law is. I mean, that that's like the most hardcore version of Islam there is out there. I mean, women, you essentially have no rights, your property. Like women, you can't even come outside the house without permission from a male in your family. Screw getting educated. Ain't no reading and writing, chick. You, you gonna be in there cooking food and spreading legs so we can make babies. Cause that, that's all you, that, literally that's what your purpose In those cars, that's why I be telling black folks in America they be over here whining and crying about being oppressed. I'm like, man, shut up, (laughs) shut the hell up, shut all the way the hell up. Niggas don't know nothing about oppression, especially black Americans. Black American oppression, you know, people from Afghanistan, that they they they, they would see your version of oppression like 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 going to Disney World. police brutality you want (laughs) to don't even get me started on brutality over there what was it Um, did y'all hear there was a woman that came outside the house this happened in Afghanistan the Taliban did this about two weeks ago y'all can go look this up a week or two ago she was outside the house got caught without one of her male family members they stoned this chick to death beat her to death stoned her to death in the streets y'all but y'all worried about these onesies and twosies of these these uh these these police brutality incidents. Nah, go go on over there and, and see what real brutality is like. That's why I don't be that's why I, I I don't co I don't get down with all this whining and crying y'all do, because I've been to a part of the world where brutality is a way of life. You ain't gonna be out there protesting, throwing your fists in the air. Nah, they gonna they gonna come out there with the chopper and lay you out. Like, like ain't none of that. If you ain't got a chopper to lay them out, you getting laid out. And they ain't blame, they ain't playing that crap over there. They hardcore with their brutality. You know what I'm saying? And they, they hardcore with this this uh either this have or have not crap. Like I say, you either got it or you don't. Like cause we used to fly over um we used to fly over to, uh when I to, when I was uh I used to fly back and forth from Candlehart on my fob. Sometimes they fly us on the back of a Chinook helicopter. So basically a Chinook helicopter is that long helicopter with the the two rotors on top. And they would fly with the back door open. So you can like and then they would fly over Kandahar like low. I mean, we, we was like so low, I was like, man, you know, are we are we like riding on the street like cause I can look at the kids' faces and, and like make out their faces from the helicopter. So, you know, we flying over the city of Kandahar. So you got you got So you got niggas niggas in america right they be like oh we live in the hood the projects listen i get it the projects the hood but the projects in the hood man that's like living in a mansion when you got people over there living in literal mud houses like go look this crap up they literally live in houses made out of mud and sticks y'all like literally your walls are mud your floors mud you got some sticks holding them up or some bricks holding them like that that's how these people live that's how a lot of their houses are over there man just mud and sticks all over the place so that's why when i come back to america when, when i came back to america man and then i started seeing all this weezer press talk i was just like man shut up <laughs> shut the hell up all them afghans that just came over here that they rescued some of the ones that came over here Man, they're they probably going to be looking at you niggas like, man, I would give I would give my right foot to live in the projects compared to where I was living at before. But it's a, it's a whole nother world, man. Uh, ninjas don't want to deal with African oppression, much less the Mideast, like that dude said on Love Sosa. it's some savages out there. Yeah, they savages, B. Straight savages sad i mean i mean i don't know how you you have to be there to see it um like i'll give you another example of the savagery so you know how everybody's over here complaining about r kelly and brother polite messing with the kids oh that goes on all the time over there that goes on all the time over there you know what i'm saying so but here, here's the thing that who, who it really happens to right so they're right now what they're doing the taliban are going door to door looking for girls as young as 12 years old and taking them from their families and making them get married to Taliban fighters, saying, you're gonna be this dude's wife. And you ain't got no choice. Either you get out or we gonna lay the whole family out. That's what they're doing. Now, before that, when I was over there, they would have um, dudes, grown men in Afghanistan were known for uh, being in relationships with teenage boys. Like basically in that part in some of those parts of the world in the Mideast, you gotta understand something. When I say this, women are really there just to cook food, do some domestic crap, and produce babies. I literally mean that in the in the literal sense, in some of these very extreme countries like Saudi Arabia. Cause you can tell basically if you see a Muslim woman with a burqa on that she's covered from head to toe, and all you can see are her eyes. That means she's in a very conservative Muslim family, and they more than likely practice Sharia law, right? That's essentially what that means. If the whole country's like that, like Saudi Arabia, it is what it is. And now Afghanistan's about to go back to that because, you know, the women were starting to get some rights. Taliban come coming back through, they're finna to implement Sharia law. So all the women are going to be covered head to toe. All you can see is their eyeballs, right? So basically, they're going to go back into the status of being, you know, just people cooking and cleaning and popping babies out. But now when the men wanna go have fun, their side pieces are teenage boys is what I'm trying to tell you. So you know niggas over here got side pieces and whatever, in that part of the world, their side pieces are teenage boys. Like, they, they, I mean, that's just acceptable. That, they, that's how they get down. And even if you see it taking place in front of you as an American, you can't say nothing about it. So don't go over there with your cancel culture and we, we need to protect the babies they'll lay your ass out. <laughs> they'll lay you out. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? You'll get in trouble for saying something. Like, that's just how it is, B. They're not hearing none of this crap that we cry and complain about. I'm not saying that messing with kids is all right, but I'm just saying you got to understand, America, especially America, uh, or Western countries, but especially America, how we view relationships is not how a lot of people in the world view relationships be some parts of these worlds the moment you a a woman starts bleeding she's ready for marriage that's kind of how they get down over there you understand they be they be uh auctioning off their kids trading their kids for for donkeys and like literally i'm not even making this crap up that's how they do man so i'm saying you can't go over to these other countries which are pro-black tears and social justice warrior tears thinking that stuff's gonna fly in other countries like they don't care man because you know americans we got this 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 is why this is why i hate when people be like they only see you as black no matter where you go in the world you just seen as black nine times out of people nine times nine times out of ten the people who say that are people who have never left the country so i always want you guys to remember that When you hear some idiot on social media saying they only see you as black no matter where you go, I can almost 100% guarantee they have never left the country. If they have, they've only been on a cruise in the Caribbean. That's it. And, you know, when you go on a cruise in the Caribbean, all you do is pull up to the ports, walk around for a few hours, and you get back on the boat. (laughs) That's all you do. You know what I'm saying? They've never really been to any other country and stayed there for an extended amount of time. Outside of the tourist zone. So I'm saying it because when you go overseas, right, no matter where you go, no matter what your race is, they see you as an American. That's it. Soon as you start walking around, you ain't even got to open your mouth and say nothing. Everything about you screams American. You look rich. They automatically think you got go to Africa. They treat you the same way. Because when I was in Afghanistan, guess what? We had a bunch of Africans on my five that were from like Kenya, I believe. They were out there doing our laundry, getting paid like $400 a month, right? That that was was what they were getting paid. And they were sending all that money back to their home country in Africa, right? Even the Africans looked at black Americans on the FOB like Americans. There was no no, uh, diaspora talk. (laughs) Nobody was out there talking about power to the people. We kings and queens. African diaspora, the white man holding me down, they was like, nigga, you're an American. We're Africans, we're Kenyans, or whatever country we're from, you're an American. That, that's how it was, B. Now, it wasn't no beef. I mean, you know, you talked to them, you chopped it up with them, but they never looked at you with some type of kin, you know, like, like, like we're, we're, we're brothers. Like, nah, B, you're, you are an American. You may be black, you may be dark-skinned, light-skinned, brown-skinned, whatever your color is, but at the end of the day, you ain't one of us. You're one of them. That's how they treated you. And, you know, you respected it. It was what it was. So, like I said, it wasn't none of this. We be uh, like like, I'm going to throw a dashiki on and I'm going to break out some hidden colors and, and start talking about ancient Egypt. They're going to look at you like, get your American ass away from me. <laughs> Go on over there and do your American thing. Don't come over here with this this American crap trying to trying to, you know, flip us. Like, that's how it was, man. So, like I say, you hear these nutcases on YouTube talking this crap. They have never been overseas and interacted. They've never been overseas outside of the tourist zone for an extended amount of time. and just, just was in the culture. They all see you as just Americans. You know, especially if you're like a black American, like a dark-skinned American. They're going to look at, they, they all think, they all, first off, <laughs> if, you, if you're like a dark-skinned black American, they're probably going to think you're some type of rapper or sports player. Like, that's just what it is. Because, you know, that's the image of black people that's broadcasted around the world. So they all think you're that. But everybody else, they just look at us as regular Americans, man. You're just an American. You're rich. You're spoiled. You're entitled. And to a certain extent, that's all true. Because you got a lot of Americans that go over there. And they think that they're still in America. (laughs) They think they think they they go to like Dubai or kuwait or qatar or whatever or some other random country in the world and they still think that they're in america it's like nah b you know you're in a different country with a different set of laws rules and regulations so i give the example of dubai everybody's like "Ooh, i want to go to dubai go to dubai man i just caution you to uh be careful about what you do when you leave the tourist zone what i mean so if you get so basically the tourist zone are the hotels like <laughs> pretty much you you step outside them hotels right so you go to Dubai, let's just say you go over there with your lady, wife, girlfriend, boo thing, whatever, I don't care. Y'all out sightseeing, outside the hotel, taking pictures, and your lady decide, let me give you a kiss on the cheek in public, just a just a, just, just a little simple kiss. Don't let a police officer see you. Do not let one of those uh, United, what is it, UAE police officers out there in Dubai see you you will risk going to jail for four months for a peck on the cheek. Like, if you if you get caught outside the tourist zone slash hotels, your girl kissing you on the cheek, you can face up to four months in jail for that crap. Like, that's how they get down in these other countries, man. But, you know, Americans, they'll go over there. They think, oh, we can just kiss and hold hands and do all types of PDA, public displays of affection. All right, you're gonna be doing a whole lot of that locked up in jail, turning big rocks into little rocks. Like they don't play that crap in some of these parts of the country, so that's why they always say Americans are arrogant, ignorant, and spoiled because we come over to their countries thinking that we're still in America. <laughs> like, like, like America, you know, the land just extended all the way over there. Like they just set up an embassy over there. Wherever we walk, there's an embassy right there. It's like, nah, man, you're in a foreign country, man. You need to, you have to adjust to their way of doing things if you want to avoid, uh, you know. Stand out of trouble with the law. You understand? So, it's, it's, just a, it's just a different thing over there, man. But, you know, that's that's the Middle East. So, you know, getting back to this whole Afghanistan thing. I was over there for a whole year of my life. A whole year. Seen them dudes, the Afghan army people. They didn't believe in soap and water. Oh, that's another thing. Oh, God. So... You know, we like soap and water here in America. At least I do. I like to take a shower. I like to take a shower at least twice a day. Right. Now, in Afghanistan, I can only get it in once a day. It was what it was. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is because we didn't have like running water. We had to wait for the water truck to come out there and fill up the big water tank. And then it was a fight to get to the shower before, you know what I'm saying? So it was on some crap like that. So I only took a shower. I I showered once a day. (laughs) I got it in. Right. But them dudes them afghans they don't really believe in showering right they believe in putting oils on their skin to uh suppress the smells and the bacterias so i don't know what type of oils they were using but they will put that stuff on their skin i'm talking about that was their daily ritual i don't know how often they actually took a shower i'm thinking maybe once every month or so they may have showered with actual soap and water but the rest of that rest of them days was oils on the skin and so if you never smelt an Afghan before, so let me give you an example. So I remember one day we was in the gym working out. Um these Afghans, they the Afghan, they, they, they found their way to our gym and they came into the gym. Their stench was so strong, I mean, it cleared the whole gym out, right? Everybody in the gym got up and left, right? Because their smell, their natural body odor. It's gosh, I'm trying to think of something that's it was the most pungent smell I've ever smelled in my life. I'm talking about it actually kind of I thought it was actually frying my nose. I mean, it was so strong. So basically, after they cleared the gym out, our post commander, this colonel who was out there, he put out a rule saying that all Afghans are not to use the American bathrooms. You can't use our laundry facilities. You can't go to our dining facilities. You can't go to our gym. They had to set up their own crap because their smell, their natural body smell from all, and put all them oils on their skin. Uh, I mean, it, it's like I don't know what goat meat smells like, but it's 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 like the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life, man. It's it's horrible. I, I don't know how I was like, good god. To them, they're probably nose blind. They don't even smell it, but. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't even give you a, a proper description, because the smell was just. I've never smelled something so foul in my life. It was, it was horrible. I'm telling you, air an entire gym out where everybody in the gym has gets up and leaves because they're like, God damn, it stank up in here. Yeah, I mean, it was serious. You know what I'm saying? And then I remember I was in this. Uh, I was in this office one day, and this this uh, Afghan dude was in there. He was in there eating some. Uh, some afghan food and he offered me something I'm like hell no nah. <laughs> hell to the nah i ain't eating that crap first off you don't wash your hands oh that's another thing so oh god so listen when you go to the mid east some of these countries um don't ever shake don't ever shake their left hands don't ever 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 offer don't ever fist bump with the left hand with their left hand If you see their left hand, do everything in your power to avoid that left hand. You're like, why? Because some of these people, they don't believe in toilet paper. So when they go out there and do a number two, the left hand is used for cleaning purposes. I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. And let me tell you about their bathrooms. (laughs) So this is when I was in Kuwait. I remember I had to go to the bathroom once. I'm like, where the bathroom at? It It was like downtown Kuwait was going to like sightseeing or something. I go to the bathroom, I open up the stall. The bathroom is literally a hole in the ground. So I was like, okay, this is how they urinate. Okay. It was like, yeah, they urinate and this is how they uh they go do a number two. I was like, what you mean? They ain't no toilets? Nah, what they do, they go in there and they lift their Jesus Christ outfits up. That's what I used to call them. And they'll squat down. You know how, you know how little toddlers be squatting down. Go over there. That's how. That's how all of them are. They all. They all like super squatters, man. Like they can. Their feet be flat on the ground, and they can squat all the way down. Like like they're damn is sitting on the ground with their feet on the ground. Like all of them. And I ain't talking about just the kids. I'm talking about grown men and women be doing it. But that's how they go to the bathroom over there. But anyways, <laughs> but the number, but the, but the left hand. You want to avoid their left hands at all costs. So every time I, so so everywhere I went, I was like, you know, I'm, nope, no left hands, cause. I was told they use the left hand for, you know, cleaning themselves because, you know, toilet paper really isn't uh, in vogue over there. <laughs> so it's a little warning for y'all. You know what I'm saying? We all want to go to Dubai. Avoid the left hands because you don't know where them hands have been. Like, literally. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's a whole nother world over there, man. A whole nother world uh i'm not gonna say it's prehistoric mac that's just how they get down now it's prehistoric to us but that's just how their culture are now this ain't afghan i mean afghanistan does that but i'm like you go to dubai they're like super modern over there they got they got police they got a uh what's what's that expensive car that two million dollar car bugatti they got a bugatti police car over there in in dubai but you know they still use their left hand for uh you know cleaning purposes (laughs) So I'm not saying all of them countries are far behind, you know, are just stuck in the past. But Afghanistan is, they they like still stuck in the 18th, the, not the 18th, the 800th. <laughs> they, they, stuck in, uh, they stuck in the Holy War from back in the day. The Muslim versus the Christians, they on some crap like that still. But that's just how they are. So what I'm saying is when you go to these other countries, you got to drop this American thing and uh, realize you're not in the U.S. of A. All this crap, the white man will let you say over here and do. You, you can come over here and burn buildings down, march and protest all over the place for, for a little for some random pookie who had a bad encounter with the police. You, you can talk about cancel culture all day long, and you know, you can talk about how wrong R. Kelly is and all, all this crap, all this freedoms you get over here. Go try that crap over there and see what happens to you. Especially if you're a woman go over there if you're a woman or if you're if you're oh go over there if you're a woman or you're an lgbt person because matter of fact i just saw a news story today some gay dude um who's afghan who's an afghan who's still stuck in the country he's terrified because guess what they don't play that over there now they don't openly play that over there like i told you earlier They'll they'll have their little fun with the young with the with the young teenage boys doing whatever they do, right? But for some reason they're still not they're not down with this the Rainbow Coalition being out in the open like that. So you got this gay dude over there who's like trying to get out of Afghanistan. He's worried they finna come lay him out. They finna go house hunting looking for all all people who are on the Rain, team Rainbow, and they finna lay him out, b that's what they do they don't play that crap with that openly nah they ain't with that they ain't they ain't hearing none of that lgbt stuff over there even though they might be entertaining it to a certain extent they ain't with that being seen as the standard even you know they they prefer to keep it as a secret even though we all know what they're really doing (laughs) i mean why is the LGBT community silent to what Islam does to gays? I don't know. Cause they'll come over here and lay lay the block out. That's why. They'll lay they ain't with that turn the other cheek crap. <laughs> they'll turn the other cheek and, and and smack you in the face with a rock. That's what they are about. They about stoning they they are literally stoning people, y'all. Can you imagine getting can you imagine dying from somebody throwing stones at you? Like they are literally taking rocks and stoning people you know how long it takes to kill somebody like that unless you get like a clean shot to the head they are literally i've seen a picture they're, they're throwing tar on people they're like they're, they're still tarring and feathering people i don't know about the feathers but i know they're putting tar on people y'all so they're not basically what i'm saying is there's some savages with how they want to how they want to kill you like over here you gotta worry about getting shot. Stray bullets or cop if you, you know, the cop, you know, gets a little trigger happy or whatever the case may be. Over there, they might put a tie around your neck, put gasoline on it, and light it up. They chopping heads off on camera. <laughs> like, they might bury you in sand and pour honey on you and throw fire. Like they, they on some savage stuff. They on some, they they, they need to be directing the, the next Saw movie. Like they on some crap like that. And they do it in, in the streets in front of everybody. They be hanging people off bridges, setting them on fire, dragging them down the street on the back of pickup trucks. They savages. They don't care. They do it on the streets in front of everybody. Everybody gonna see this. So everybody in America will be talking about, man, that's a public lynching What they did to Mike Brown. They left Mike Brown body out there. That's a, that's a modern-day lynching shit. Go on over there. You want to see what a real lynching looks like? Go on over there. They live for it. They come outside, popcorn, crowd cheering. I told you about in um, Pakistan, they hunting for an eight-year-old kid over there. An eight-year-old boy was at a church, pulled out his little wee-wee and started peeing. He is facing the death penalty right now for desecrating a religious spot or whatever. Got grown men going house to house hunting for an eight-year-old. And when they if they catch him, guarantee he gonna be he gonna be brought out to the street and they're gonna give him the business in front of everybody. So that's why i would be like, man, dude, I'm not even making this up. Go look it up. Go look up eight-year-old Pakistani kid uh wanted for like ping in a church or something like that. It happened like three or four weeks ago. I don't know if they caught the kid or not, his family, but his family was hiding him from house to house. They finna kill this kid if they catch him. Like, I mean, they don't care. Eight year old, eight years old, man. We ain't talking about 18. We talking about an eight-year-old. You know what I mean? they savages out there, man. That's why I like, when I, when I come over here and I listen to these conversations about police brutality and racism, like, yeah, I get it, but... I I've, I've, I've been to other places and I've seen firsthand to a certain extent where you know <laughs> it's a different world over there. I told you about the base. I went I had a friend that was at this other base. He was stationed I can't remember what the name of the base was, but he was at this one base in Afghanistan and they, you know they got warlords out there. Well, I don't know about now, but you know back when I was over there they had warlords. Like literal warlords. The warlord would basically be like the, the head Taliban guy out, out in the area, right? So anyways, at this one particular base my homeboy was at, he said his base, they had a deal with the local warlord. And the deal was the local warlord can come onto the base anytime he want, go to the cafeteria, eat up all our food, and you know, it's probably some other crap, but the two things he told me about, he was like, you can come on the base and they ran him a an internet connection all the way to his house. Out out in the the little town. So he he out there in the Taliban getting free internet off of the Americans, right? (laughs) And it was in exchange for him keeping his Taliban people in check. So what it was, my friend told me, he was like, one night, a bunch of Taliban got out of order and they started launching, they started shooting their guns, launching RPGs over the wall, just causing a mess, right? The Taliban warlord went out there and found the dude that was responsible for setting it off rounded up his family and killed his entire family in front of him. Wife, kids, everybody just laid them all out to let them know like, Hey, don't mess up this thing. I got going on. I'm getting free food, internet, some other crap, He laid his whole family out. To keep his Taliban people in check. One of the bases I went to, it was uh, being ran by the Canadians before I got there. And they used to pay the Taliban in cash. To, hey, stop shooting bombs at us. Stop shooting us. Then we go over there with with bricks of money, American dollars and paying them like here, like they were literally dropping bags off of money, like in a literal sense. You know what I'm saying? So come back to America and you be hearing all these, these spoiled brat Negroes whining and crying because they can't, they can't drive a hundred miles an hour down the street <laughs> and then they get pulled over. Man, why you profiling me, man? I should be able to drive 100 miles an hour at 25. It's because I'm black, man. It's because I'm black. Police brutality. there. Bop, 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 We shall overcome justice for Pookie. He didn't do nothing. You know, we on some stupid crap like that, right? Rest in peace to Pookie. But, you know, whatever. Over there, George Floyd, when that, nobody would have cared about George Floyd. I'm just, I'm just putting it you like that. George Floyd is not getting no statues in Afghanistan none <laughs> i'm just i'm just being real george floyd ain't getting three funerals and gold caskets he ain't getting no statues he and ain't, he ain't winning no civil lawsuits none of that the ghetto lottery doesn't exist none of that crap george floyd getting laid out he gonna get they gonna dig a hole and throw him in the hole that's what they gonna do that's what they do man Get caught stealing. They're chopping your hands off. All you can steal is donuts. They ain't they, they not playing any of that crap over there. So that's what I'm saying. When I, when I be looking at Americans, and y'all be like, oh, you a coon. You a coon. Well, this coon has been to other parts of the world and seen how they get down. And I can I'm, I, I can honestly give a fair assessment. Okay, what's really brutality versus, you know, some BS over here, which nine times out of 10 is started by somebody else before the cops even get there but they did deserve to die. Well, listen, that's not my call to make. You know, I'm not going to be one of these people who say they didn't deserve to die. I stopped saying that a long time ago. I don't know, did they? what they do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the hell they did. But all I'm saying is, go over, to the, go over there, go over there, and uh, go to Afghanistan or the other countries. See how far that crap gets you. That's why I'd be like, all right, whatever, man. I mean, look, it's sad. I get it, but... You still got it good, cause let's just say let's just say they kill your relative, right? That uh, some some Taliban kill your relative. You ain't finna be hopping your ass on Twitter and doing nothing. <laughs> you ain't gonna be on Twitter crying. You ain't getting no T-shirts done up. Down one head, they gonna come lay you out. Like they they savages over there, man. So that country's about to be run by savages. And they got a whole bunch of poor people who can't defend themselves. Because that's another thing. The Afghanistan actually convinced a lot of the Afghans to give up their weapons. They're rolling around these cities right now talking about turning your weapons. Well, You don't need them no more. You're safe under us. And these Afghans are giving up their guns. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, they are some real gun control. They taking the guns. So now what you going to do? That's why they over here breaking their necks trying to get to them airports and get out of there because cause some of them know, oh, Lord, it's been, they're finna turn up out here. They, they find out because, matter of fact, Joe Biden, and listen how stupid this dude is. Joe Biden approved somebody over there giving the Taliban a list of all the Americans and, and some other people. So now it's just like, my nigga, you over here giving the Taliban the names of Americans that are still in that country? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because right now, they don't like Americans, and they don't like Afghans who helped America out either. So that's why a lot of them people are trying to get the hell up out of there, because they know as soon as we leave, they finna finna lay the whole block out. They finna figure out who was working with the Americans, and they coming through slaughtering people. Ain't gonna be no protests, ain't gonna be no marching, ain't gonna be no police brutality, Taliban brutality. You better be, you gonna be on the run, or you catching bullets to the back of the head, or getting strung up and beat to death with rocks because they, they don't play but we i saw that coming 10 years ago when i was over there i was like Ugh, these afghans they ain't gonna be able to protect these people afghan is done well the taliban say they want to do um they want to be a legit government so we'll see how they go i highly doubt they might be they might turn into a legit real government but they're probably going to be dropping the hammer. Like, they, like they're going to rule with an iron fist type of government. Sharia law in full effect. We still stoning people out here. But we're a government, but we stoning your ass. Like, it's going to be all some crap like that, man. So they, they'll probably end up becoming a real, real, for real, for real government. But they're going to be some savages with it. Hmm. <sighs> This folks talking about China taking over. I've never seen anyone hanging on to the outside of planes trying to get to China. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Chinese, they they finna, they finna step in and finagle their way in there and uh, start cutting deals because they try to become China on the verge of becoming the, the world's superpower. <laughs> in about 20 years, maybe even faster, China probably going to overtake America. They're going to be like a, a superpower the, the way we're going. So... Because mm-hmm. America's problem is, you know, here's America's problem. Nobody wants to own up to it. America's full of a bunch of pussies and bitches. Feminism has ruined America. And I'm not saying that because, oh, that's that red pill stuff. No, I'm just saying that based off of historical historical context. I mean, look, ancient Egypt, right? Ancient Egypt was around for thousands of years when did ancient egypt fall like for real for real fall anybody know when did ancient egypt for real start falling does anybody know well i'll tell you when cleopatra was ruling when cleopatra was ruling ancient egypt you know ancient egypt had been around for at least five thousand years before she was even born when cleopatra took over ancient egypt that was the beginning of the end the romans came through mark anthony julius caesar then the arabs came through that's why ancient egypt looks like what it looks like today well they the the arabs started coming in before that but when her when she was ruling ancient egypt that's when that's when it all started going downhill uh what was it you can look at all these other a lot of these ancient civilizations everything from rome to greece a lot of them you know they started started going downhill when they started losing their their um, masculine energy China's dealing with this crap now China got a whole bunch of effeminized boys over there um, that aren't really don't really like war <laughs> you know they they uh, they're kind of soft they're not they're not out there they're not on some Bruce Lee shit like they used to be anymore so that's like a real concern going on in China that their boys are too soft well here in America you look at the US military, I was in, I was in the military when they when they changed policy to uh, from don't ask don't tell to where you can openly serve. And then, I was also in when they started letting people uh, do the do the uh, transgender thing. When I saw the first when the open when the, when the openly gay people came out, I was like, all right, whatever, because we we always knew there were gay people. You could see them. It's like, all right, that person's gay, but you know, whatever, they ain't, they ain't tripping. But when that transgender thing kicked off, I remember I was on, I was, I was at Fort Gordon. I was on CQ in the barracks uh, for the for the privates and AIT. Those are basically AIT is where you go after basic training before you go to your first duty station to learn how to do your job. So they had me pulling duty in the barracks. First floor of the barracks is where all the females stay. Second and third floor is where all the males stay. So I'm pulling CQ in the barracks. And I see this uh, this female come downstairs. So I'm like, what the hell, like. Like female, what you doing up there? You ain't supposed to, you know, I'm start barking and yelling. I'm about to start flipping tables over, just just going into my wannabe drill sergeant mode. I wasn't a drill sergeant, but you know, I was I was the next thing to a drill sergeant. <laughs> I was I was uh, you know essentially like a, a platoon sergeant, that's what they called them. But uh private turns around It was like, I'm such and such. I was like, I look I'm like what the hell? Was, so I recognized the dude. Anyways, dude came downstairs, had a little little, little shirt on, skirting some heels, and somehow he stuffed something in his shirt to make it look like he had breasts. So I was like, I didn't know what the regulations were. So I was about to start yelling and screaming, but then I thought, I was like, wait a second. This might be allowed. I don't know. So it was one of those moments. I was like, "Uh, carry on private. Like, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I was like, "Is this? Is he allowed to do this? I don't know." <laughs> like, I didn't know, and I didn't feel like going to look up the regulations. I was like, all right, do what you do. Peace." <laughs> like, I'll be off duty in about six hours. Don't come back till then. You know what I'm saying? I was on some crap like that. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a wrap." So now you come out, you look at some of these commercials of the military, especially the army they over here. They, they promoting soldiers like, like, uh, "Oh, I'm, I'm I openly serve as a." gay person and lgbt i'm just like who cares like 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 you're what are you gonna do you go you go to war you're gonna hold up the the rainbow flag and that's gonna catch all the bullets and bombs like why is this such a big deal but then you go look at military commercials for other countries like russia go look at go look at how the russian military how they market their military their little commercials they do they got them they got them white dudes out there in, in the in uh in the snow wrestling polar bears, and and you know just just doing all kind of stuff, man. <laughs> they they out there, they out there stabbing each other with 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 icicles. Like they on some savage crap with their commercials. And is it, but over here we over here waving gay flags around. Talking about the military is all inclusive now. It's like, but you wonder why america is the way it is now it's, it's getting super soft to the point where look at look at look at our kids look, look at the young people like, look at the young people so when i was coming in the military you know we still got yelled at cursed out even threatened to get beat up by the drill sergeants. like that's how it was back in the day right by the time i was getting out the military go look at these drill sergeants now they got to talk to i was watching a video the other day of uh Basic training. Uh, You can go look up basic training videos and they'll show videos of privates starting their first day of basic training. And I was looking at how the drill sergeants were yelling at them. The drill sergeants don't even say the word sex anymore. Like to identify, to distinguish between a male and a female, he purposely kept saying separate by gender. Your gender, your gender, not your sex. I was like, like, damn, they got the drill sergeants are politically correct. Like you can't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't really yell and scream at like when i was coming up man it was coming up with all kind of stupid goofy names for me it, it was calling me dickhead and all kind of stuff <laughs> idiot you know what i'm saying we was getting smoked religiously push-ups non-stop didn't, didn't care if your arms were about to fall off you better get down there and do some more push-ups now the privates they can whip out what they call stress cards right uh a stress card basically they'll they'll stand up drill sorry i'm being stressed so basically they get to go have like a time out or some crap that's 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 the breed of people coming into the military these days a bunch of softies who never was outside playing like when i was a kid coming up we was getting into fights every day climbing trees falling out of them climbing on the monkey y'all see how everybody's doing the crate challenge and falling down back in the day we used to go to the playground used to have the uh the, the jungle gym anybody remember the jungle gym be like those those metal bars we six seven years old swinging on top of metal bars I remember I was I, I remember this like yesterday I remember I was six six or seven years old the monkey bars we had the metal monkey bars I decided I'm gonna walk on top of the monkey bars so I climb up get on top of the monkey bars stand up and start walking across the bars you know what I'm saying I fell down banged my head on a bar and fell onto the ground. Y'all see this little scar on my forehead? Y'all see this right here? It's like a little dent in my forehead right here. I got that from falling on the monkey bars. Bang my head, I literally saw stars. Like, like you know, like the cartoons, you hit your head, you see stars. I literally thought I saw stars. Fell down, banged my head, laid on the ground, cried for about five minutes. As soon as the tears were done flowing, Got back up. <laughs> got back up and went back on the monkey bars and started playing like it wasn't nothing. You know, that that's how we came up, man. I still got scars on my hands from punching people. Or if I missed them and I accidentally caught the wall or something. I mean, dude, we were some savages having rock fights back in the day. We was getting it in. These kids, they don't get it in like that anymore. They in the house playing video games all day. And so now they're going into the military. They go do some regular PT they be tapping out. I'm hurting. Ew, my arm's hurt. Well, they're supposed to hurt, idiot. You ain't never worked out a day in your life. It's supposed to hurt. Like, what the hell you think's going on here? But this is the few, these, these are the people who are going to be defending our country, <laughs> who are joining the military to defend our country, right? They're coming in there with their social justice warrior agendas. They want everybody to know that they're gay first instead of military first. And, you know, everybody's laughing at us. You know what I mean? All the other countries that can compete with us, like Russia and China. So don't be surprised if uh, by the time we're all old men, or I'm an old man, this country is like on the verge of seeing a Chinese or Russian tank driving down the damn street. You know what I mean? And at that point, I'm going to be old. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just done. (laughs) I live my life. Goodbye, America. Send me to the upper room, Lord. I'll be on some crap like that. But them Taliban, they ain't on no crap like that. Go over there with them Taliban, talking about you—you uh—you gay first, and you ain't Taliban first. <laughs> Go on over there with that crap—see how far that gets you in life. That is immediate death penalty. Like they ain't no trial. Take him outside right now and put some put and, and start launching some rocks at his head. But, like we ain't playing that crap. So yeah, but maybe the Taliban will do right. I don't know. That's their country now. I have no interest in going over there. <laughs> Not even as a contractor. I have no interest. In letting people do what they do. Russia couldn't fix it. We couldn't fix it in 20 years. Maybe the Taliban will put it they put it back together. They just gonna have to rule with an iron fist of Sharia law. That's their country. I mean. <sighs> the army wants to investigate white rage. What is white rage? What is that? Like white people getting mad shooting up stuff? Is that what that means? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in the military no more. I'm telling you that right now. Because I think they be having people take these social justice warrior classes. Oh, I think they even do CRT in the military to a certain extent. Like they're trying to introduce that crap. Can you imagine being in there hearing about some crt crap you just came back from a damn deployment in afghanistan or some other random country in africa or something like that and you got to come back here and hear about this bullshit Like, man get out of my face get out of my give me my counseling statement so i can go to the bar and turn up <laughs> get out of my face so if you're a dude you can max out on the female pt oh. Oh, so you're talking about, you know, I don't know how that works, to be honest with you. If you're a transgender, I don't know. I've been out the Army since 2015, so I don't know. That, that, that is a good question. I have to go find one of my buddies that is still in the military and ask them, like, if I identify as a woman, can I take the female PT test? Because, you look, if you can be a dude and take the female PT test, you're going to be maxing the test the entire time. Because I remember when I first came out, I was 22. We had to run two miles in 15 minutes and 56 seconds or something like that. That was was like the lowest score you can get to pass. I was running it in like 14 flat. Females, I think a 22-year-old, 18 to 22-year-old female, for her to do her two miles, I think she had to run it in about 17 minutes. Shit, man, I was running miles in 14. Man, I would have been... A PT, I I was a PT stud back then, but I would have been a PT superstar if I could have took the female PT test. Cause, uh, let me see, the the push ups for the male event when I was twenty two, I think we had to do a bare minimum of, I want to say it was like forty five just to pass. Back then, I can do about seventy push ups in two minutes, and then sit ups, you had to do like fifty to pass. I think the female and male standard is the same for the sit ups, but back then I was doing on a 2 minute pt test I could I was I could average by probably about 85 to 90 sit ups in 2 minutes like I was just getting it you know what I'm saying um but push ups for the women just to do, <laughs> just to do push ups to pass the female pt test for an 18 to 22 year old female I think they only had to do I want to say like 15 the bare minimum to pass to get like 60 points or something like that. I think it was like 15 push-ups. Mine's bare minimum was like, what did I say, like 45? So I was doing, I was averaging like 70 when I was back then. I'd do 15 push-ups in like 15 seconds. Like I was doing like a push-up, damn near a push-up a second. So I'd knock that shit out like 15 seconds. (laughs) If I could take the female PT test. (laughs) And then when we used to have PT, we used to have run groups. We had A group, B group, C group. I used to run A group back in the day. That was like the fastest runners. We go run like two, three miles. And we run like a seven, seven and a half minute pace or something like that, or sometimes faster. B group, it'll be mostly dudes. You may have one or two females, right? You never had any females in the A group. Like I've never seen a unit where there was a female in the A group. C group, nothing but females, maybe three or four dudes that just couldn't run at all. You know what I'm saying? They'd be out there with the females, Running so slow, it's like you might as well just walk. You know what I'm saying? You could probably walk faster than they were running. But, you know, if I was a female, if I could have did the female fitness standards when I was in the military, oh, man. They would have sent me to the Olympics. <laughs> they would have sent me to the Olympics to compete. I would have been blown in the water. Like, get out of here. <laughs> you suck, chick. But, you know, they had it like that for a reason because, you know, obviously our bodies are different. You know what I mean? So. <clears throat> it's cheating if she's busty. I remember we had this one chick. She was real busty. Like, she just had some big old knockers on her. All natural, too, this black chick. She had a little sport bra on, but. So every, <laughs> sport bra wasn't doing shit. So, every time we go out there and do PT, we, like, do the the, the jumping jack. We call it the side straddle hop, but, you know the jumping jacks for y'all, right? So she do the jumping jacks, them titties, the titties be bouncing up and down, damn near smacking her in the face the entire time. And she became a distraction because every time we did it, we'd always do it in like a circle. And every time we, everybody be staring at her, I think it got to the point where they made us shift how we were doing our formations and put her in the back so nobody could see her jumping and her titties just bouncing and smacking her in the face. Like. Cause she she had a sports bra on, but it just, her breasts were just so damn big. I think she ended up getting, like, a breast reduction or something because it was <laughs> it was funny as hell. It was like, damn, look at them titties go. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm about to bounce, man. So that's my thoughts on Afghanistan, man. Um, it is what it is at this point. But Biden, he got to go. If, if there was a reason to kick him out, I would say Afghanistan has to be it because how do you just abandon a country... And literally abandon all of our equipment Because you got to remember All them bullets All them plane, uh, helicopters, tanks And everything they left over there That was all paid for by taxpayer money y'all Our taxpayer money You know Every time you go to the gas station You got to pay taxes on something Every time you pay taxes on this Taxes on that That's where all that money All that money went to pay for that crap And they just left it over there And the Taliban and everybody else else isis they got a bunch of tax u.s taxpayer they can really step up their uh, whatever it is they're trying to do well he said we'll be stuck with kamala and pelosi well buying gotta go man i mean look you can't just i mean literally you just you just left a whole bunch of known terrorists who support terrorism all of our a lot of our stuff man like i say if i had left my weapon over there just if i had left just one magazine, one 30-round magazine over there for my M4, they would have probably tried to kick me out and or lock me up in jail. He left an entire arsenal. <laughs> Helicopters, MRAPs, Humvees, millions of bullets, all kind of crap. And he's still president. He's, our, he's, the, he's the U.S. military commander-in-chief. He's the top, top dog, you know what I'm saying? So he gotta go for that, in my opinion. He, he'd have to go, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, get this, get this crusty white dude the hell up out of here. We'll have to deal with, we'll have to deal with Kamala for the next three and a half years, but he gotta go. You know what I mean? All right. Anyways, I'm about to go. Shout out to my man Travis for the topic. Like I say, you guys got a topic suggestion? Light skin heroes of Cash App. I only do ten dollar minimum, so. Uh, Other than that, y'all be easy out there. Be safe. Uh, Peace.